Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Amen. God is so good. Hey, we're in a series, Thrones and Crowns. And we are coming into alignment with the kingdom of God. This year has been proclaimed, the Lord proclaimed this year as a year of kingdom come. Amen? And we are seeing that in our lives, in our homes, in our families. And we are, this series is all about aligning with the kingdom of God in our lives. How many know that when the kingdom of God is present in your life, the things of the kingdom become your reality? right? All of a sudden, all the fruit of the Spirit, all the things we read about in Acts, all the things we read about in the Scriptures, what Jesus did, now becomes present in our lives. So that's why this is so important and crucial, us as a church, us as individuals, you as a man, you as a woman, we get this and we become in alignment with making Him King of our lives, because we want that kingdom reality in our lives. Last week, we looked at who wears the crown. And we really asked ourselves, in every aspect of our life, who wears the crown? Because the crown resembles control. The crown possesses control. And so sometimes we can get in the habit of wearing our own crown of our lives. And we make the shots. And we call it And then we do this thing where we bring it to God and we say, Lord, bless our plans, right? Because we're the king. So, Lord, bless what we want to do. Bless what we want to accomplish. Can I tell you, there's there's a blessing and a favor that flows. It's, It's the perfect will of God for you to step in alignment with his perfect plan. But that only happens when we're in surrender to the king who knows it all. And so we're looking at that, like, how can we let him wear the crown? How can we let him have complete control, to be in complete control because he is a good father and he knows the plans of our lives? In fact, the Bible even says he orders our steps. Can you just picture that real quick? It's like if there's nothing, if you're on a cliff and you're about to step onto absolutely nothing, and the Lord, he commands and orders things to come underneath you as you walk. This is the picture of what Jesus does for us. But we can take ourselves out of that life of being led by the Spirit if we wear the crown. And so it's so important that we get this, that we get this in our lives, especially as men and women who lead families. If you are married, or even if you're dating, you know, men, you, you have the, the leadership, right, to lead the way. And how many men know in the building, if we lead on our own ability and own agenda, we're in trouble? Women, that's a good place for you to say amen. <laughs> I know that if I were to lead out of Elijah's ability, Elijah's, you know, intelligence, we'd be in trouble. But it's when we surrender to Jesus that we tap into a whole new power, We tap into a whole new wisdom, a whole new ability to discern what is right and what is wrong, 
what we can be confident in to say, hey, we're moving to Philly. Hey, we're going to launch a church. Hey, we're going to do this because I feel led by the Spirit because he wears the crown. Amen? And so it's that life of full surrender. Today I want to look at just uh, titled today, The Lord of Desire. The Lord of Desire. We're talking about different areas of our life that can be ruled and reign, okay? These are places that we need to look at in our lives. And I want to break down and next week talk about the Lord of self. Um, hey, next week is Father's Day. I want to encourage everybody in the place, come and invite somebody to come with you, would you? We're going to celebrate the men. I'm going to, I'm going to preach a, a, a message that I truly feel that God is speaking to the men of this generation. And there is a calling on our men. There's a big calling on the men. There's a big target on the men. A big target. It's one that wants to strip away all manhood, to strip away all confidence, to strip away all identity as a father, all identity as a Christian, one that looks like Christ, one that flows in the power of God. So next week, I wouldn't miss it if I were you. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Because I want to be talking about how to step into that life of true leadership, true leadership. And women, this is for you too. Because we all are leaders in a way. There's somebody looking at you. There's someone following in your footsteps. And so we need to step into that confidently. But today I want to talk about desire. Desire. Desire is a crazy thing. And it absolutely leads our lives. You desire things, and it leads the way that you make decisions. Maybe just think about it. You know, if you think about where you're going to go for lunch, it all comes down to what? What you desire. What do you want? You know, have you ever done that with your significant other or if you're going out with friends? What do you guys feel like? What do you feel like? What do you desire? What do you desire? And that's going to that's gonna ultimately make the decision for you. And so if you break that down into your life, desire is something we have to pay attention to because it leads every decision we make. It'll lead your decision to get closer to Jesus. It'll lead your decision to say yes or no to sin. It'll lead your decision to become a man of purity or a woman of integrity that does things right even when no one's looking because you know that the Father's eyes are always on you. It's desire. Desire leads everything. You think about every part of your life, even the person you chose. You know, you, you were scouting as a single, right? We all know that. It's like a basketball scouter, you know, that goes to a game, looks for all the good players. All the single people. You got any more single people in the place? Everybody look for the hands raised. Get their numbers afterwards. Church is a great place to meet singles. Come on. Meet the right person. But, you know, when you're single, you're checking it out. You know, who, who is, who's single? Who's the good pick for me? It's, it's your desire. It's what, what God places on your heart. And that is not wrong. It just has to be under the right authority. When our desires are underneath the right kingdom, under the right mindset, under the right heart posture, then everything is led by the kingdom of God. And then we see the fruit of kingdom come. Then when you choose your significant other, I remember growing up, we had uh, this list that we had to make, and I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16. That was the rule in our home, not allowed to date till you're 16. 
And then I remember getting 16 and feeling totally not ready. And I'm like, I'm waiting till college. And so I said, I'm going to wait till I'm 18. Then I got to college and I was just like, I don't want to date yet. So I'm just going to wait. And so I remember just making that decision, but writing a list of what I wanted in a spouse. And my, my family, they said, all right, on one side, put down all the ways you want her to look. I'm like, ooh, all right. Tall, blonde, you know, all this stuff. And then on the other side, you put a list of all the things you want inside, character things. So do you want her to be, you know, God-fearing? You want her to be uh, energetic? You want her to be uh, full of life and, and laughter? Like, what do you want on the inside? What are the things that are most important? I remember walking around everywhere I went thinking those thoughts of my list and, and not settling for anything less than my list. Because I really prayed over that list. As, I mean, as a, a little boy, man, I prayed over that list, and it changed, you know, as time went on. I was like, ah, I don't really care about that. Um, so I, you know, would change one out and flip it. But that was always on my heart because it was my desire. It's what I brought to the Father, and it was like, this is what I want. But our, our desire has to be for the things of God. And if they are, this is the beautiful promise of a Christian that when you come into the life of following Christ and you make your desire him, he gives you the desires of your heart. Did you know that? Are you with me? That's a beautiful promise. In fact, he says, if you trust in me, full confidence in me, I will give you the desires of And so that's a big thing, but A.W. Tozer says it best. He says, may God grant us a desire for God that supersedes all other desires. And that is my prayer for us today. That's my prayer for you, that you leave here today with the desire for God that supersedes all other desires. That your desire for his presence, your desire to hear his voice, your desire to feel his love encounter, your desire to feel his power in your life overcomes all other desires. That is, that is my ultimate prayer for us, just as a church, to come underneath that, that want and longing for him, that even in worship today, oh, it was just like, God, we just need you. I mean, we don't need another song. We don't need another feel good. We just need you. Because where you are, we have it all. And so I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 6 today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, to set the stage. This is talking about the treasures in heaven. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he goes on in the first part of it, in verse 19, he says, Don't store up treasures on earth. Okay? You can read that. It talks about moth and rust and all the things of the earth. And, and we know that. And we even see that in this season where this world is very, very fragile, very fragile. The, the economy, the system that we have set up, the, the, even the government and the things we have, everything is very fragile. So if you put your treasure here on earth, it will rot, it will rust, it won't last for eternity. So he says that in the first part of this. But I want to look at, at verse 21. And he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, 
your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this, he was talking about the posture and the focus of your life, the eyes, the eyes. Now, have you ever noticed this, that when you're looking for something, you can find it? For instance, have you ever started looking for a new car? And so you start searching out, and you start looking at all the brands and all the things, and then all of a sudden you find one, you're like, ooh, I love Honda Accords. And so you start searching Honda Accords. Now, what's going to happen every day when you're driving down the road, when you're walking down the street? What are you going to see the most of? Honda Accords. They just start showing up. And you never noticed it before, but now all you see is Honda Accords. I remember even when we... uh, we're, we're uh, with one of our friends, and they had uh, this dog that was like, um, oh, what was it? The long hair was like the beagle. And so we were loving on the beagle, whatever. And then later on that week, we started seeing beagles because we knew that dog. And so we we're like, oh, remember, there's another beagle, and there's one just like our. F-. And it was just like, because where your eyes are focused, there your heart follows, right? It's just the way we're wired. And where your eyes are focused, so if you're focused on your, you know, getting more material items, getting more money, I mean, you fill in the blank. If you're focused on that with your eyes, your heart will follow. So desire really comes to what are you focused on? Where are your eyes? He says where the eyes search fills you either with light or darkness. And that's why your desire is so important because you can be searching for something that can actually bring you darkness in your life and not even know it because you're searching for the wrong thing. And that's why it's so important that we make him our desire because the Bible says when he's our desire, he gives us the right desires that bring us light. How many want more light in your life? Come on. I want more light in my family. I want more light in my home. Man, everything that I'm creating and designing and doing as a man, everything I'm going after, right, as a husband, as a father, I want more light on it. Because where the light is, you can see clearly. How many want clarity for your vision? Clarity for your dream? Come on, that's the promise of God for you. You you do not have to donut. Man, I must be hungry. Talking about donuts up here. He said, you do not have to walk around in darkness. We don't have to live this life of saying, oh, I'm not sure what's next. I'm not sure what God's calling me to. That's not where we have to live. God promises us that if we step in and make him our desire, everything becomes clear. The light is on the subject. My eyes are going really bad. I mean, really bad. So I need as much light as I can get. I mean, in the morning when I'm reading downstairs, I used to just light the candle, whatever, and I would light it up with my phone, and I'm like, no, nah, I want to go back to the, the old time, you know, the, the Bible where you can read it and smell it and turn the pages. But then I noticed that candle is not enough light. I can't read a blooming thing with that candle. 
I got to flip on the whole light. That's what we need as Christ followers. You need the light of Christ to shine on every plan, to shine on everything you're, you're debating about or making a decision on. It's so important. You guys, I have a confession to make today. And I hope you'll still love me. I hope you'll still respect me as your pastor. My confession is this. I am addicted to Nutella. I'm very addicted to Nutella. This happened a bit ago. I don't know when the switchover was or when it really took control of my life. But one day I just realized, I think it was actually, you know what? I can take it back actually. It was a place called Dolce Cafe. Y'all know it? It's on 2nd Street. Really good. Really good. And they made a Nutella latte. Now, I'm not a coffee guy. I don't like the taste of coffee. If it doesn't taste like candy or sugar, I don't want it, right? So I'm like, not even half and half. Not even half coffee, half milk. This is like 70% milk. You know, just a little bit of espresso. I like what it does to me. I just don't like the taste. And so they made me a Nutella latte. And it took over my taste buds, my life. My life was changed, you know? It was like Jesus, this monumental moment. When I met Jesus, when I met Ashley, and then when I met Nutella. I mean, it's just like those three mile markers in my life. Kids are way up there too. But Nutella was definitely top 10. Definitely top 10. But Nutella, I'm addicted. And when I got into Nutella, I started now, every time I would go into a grocery store, the thought would hit me right away. Do we have enough Nutella at home? <laughs> I'm ashamed to even say this out loud, but it's true. It's true. And every time I go, I'll be like, do we have enough Nutella? Is there enough Nutella for my coffee tomorrow? Like, I just need to make sure there's enough Nutella, right, and enough milk, right, because that's, that's important too. But Nutella took over. And this is what happens. When you come into a desire for God, all of a sudden, everywhere you go, the thought is, how much of God do I have and how much can I get? Every part of your life becomes consumed. Where you're just like, I just need more God. Oh, I just need more of his presence. You get in your car, you're driving, you hit traffic. It doesn't even bug you because you're like, okay, I got an extra 10 minutes with God. Woo! I just need more of you, God. It, it overcomes everything when we get a desire for God. When it becomes the Lord, when we are searching and seeking after him as his children who are obsessed with their father. My kids, I love them so much. They're at a great age right now. They're 8 and 10. Every time I go to the store, every time Ashley goes to the store, goes anywhere, they're like, where are you going? Can I go too? It doesn't even matter. I'm like, I'm taking the trash to the dumpster. They're like, can I go? I want to go too. Now, do they want to go to the dumpster? No. Do they want to be with me? Yes. Do they want to be with Ashley? Yes. Why? They're consumed with it. I love it. I'm like, never leave this, you know? I'm cherishing these moments because I don't know, you know, how long it'll last. But I'm just like, yes, come with me to the dumpster. Let's go to the dumpster. Daddy date to the dumpster. You know, we're not dumpster diving, but let's go to the dumpster. Let's throw some trash in. Just spend some time together. They're consumed with their daddy. What if that would take place in our hearts where we are consumed with our daddy, where he is all we want. We can't get enough with him. And every day we're like, Daddy, where are you going today? Father, where are you? 
Holy Spirit, what are you doing? I must go with you into the deepest, darkest places. Even if you're taking out the trash, I want to be right there. Even if you're loving the lowliest of people, I want to be right there. I want to love them too. Why? Because my desire is for him. My desire is for God. I want him so much. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you. What you pursue becomes the thing you can possess. What you pursue becomes the reality now of what you can have. That's what we have to realize is these things we read about, they're so good. I mean, I read the word of God and I'm like, oh, the fullness of Christ is so much better than anything the world can offer. I mean, you, it doesn't even go on a scale. It's like it tips the scale every time. And when you realize what I pursue, I can possess. To know that it's not this crazy hoop that you have to jump through to get God. Jesus already paid that price, right? When Jesus died, what happened to the curtain? The curtain that separated man from God's presence, the holy of holies. We couldn't get in with the curtain. What did Jesus' death do? It broke that curtain. It split it in two. Now, no longer do we have to wait or, or hope or jump through these hoops of religion and wear this right clothing and not, not eat this or not. It's all about pursuit. Jesus says, come, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Anyone who comes to me, anyone who comes to me can get to the Father. But it's where you place your eyes on that determines the health of your whole life. Okay? It's so important. Where you place your eyes determines the health of your whole entire body, of your whole entire life. You know, some of the men and women we minister to uh, on a weekly basis just praying with on the streets and, and praying with as we, we serve with Chosen 300 and, and places like this. There are a lot of individuals that we come in contact with that have traded their life for a craving, that have traded their families for a habit, an addiction, a desire. And maybe not to that degree, but what have you traded for God's presence? What are you giving up in order to gain here on earth? Where moth, rust, thieves break in and steal. It won't last or go with you. What are you trading the fullness of Christ, the love and joy and peace of Jesus, the strength, the confidence, the calling, everything you need, the selfless life of Christ? What are you trading to gain something here on earth. Man, my, my ultimate cry is that, Lord, I want to I trade my desire for things for you. I remember just a couple weeks ago, the Holy Spirit just, just spoke to my heart and said, give up coffee for the week. It's just these random sporadic things that sometimes I'll realize, man, I've really gotten uh, just where I'm leaning on something else for my strength. You know, and it becomes something where another, okay, this is just confession day. I feel like I'm confessing everything to you guys, you know, just thank you for loving me in this safe place. 
But I got to a place where I was like three coffees a day, you know, four coffees a day. I'm just like, just, and it's, of course, all with Nutella because that's where Jesus is in the midst of that Nutella. The Holy Spirit just really just, and it is a gentle nudge, hey, give up coffee. Just give up coffee and spend that time just really pursue me. Every time you feel that urge, just pursue me. Make me your desire. And it's crazy what happens when you fast something, right, that you, that you were so dependent on or you got so much something from that sustained or, or even just brought a little bit of joy, a little bit of something. But when you start to give up those things, see, that's, that's what happens is when you trade desires for a desire, Jesus doesn't call us to just trade the desires of sin, desire to do everything for our human nature, just to live this life of solitude and just away from everything. He calls us into a life that is full of him. And that life that is full of him is fulfillment. I mean, there's nothing more you need. We find even Paul, as you read through uh, Romans and Ephesians, and, and he's writing these letters to the church from prison, stripped of everything he owned, just him and chains. And he's writing from a place of total fulfillment. And you would think that doesn't even make sense. In the American mindset, that doesn't even make sense, Paul. You should be, you should be cursing God and saying, where, where have you gone? Have you forsaken me? You look at Job. I mean, you're stripped of his family. Read his story. It's very depressing. I mean, family, barns, stuff, kids, everything, gone. And we find him in a place of saying, thank you, Lord. I have everything I need. This is the place where we are full and we understand the reality of the kingdom is that things don't fill us. The desire for the world will only lead to destruction. It will only lead to darkness. But when we desire him, when our eyes are fixed on him, then we step into a whole new life where we are full. We don't need anything else. He fills us with who he is. So, but we have to create new habits. And I was doing, I was doing some reading in uh, some, one of the studies that's out right now is the four things that happen when you start a new habit that actually lasts. Are you ready for this? There's four things that happens. The four things that have to take place. Number one is the cue. Everybody say cue. Now the cue triggers the craving, okay? That's the second part. The second part is craving, okay? So in order to get a new habit in place, you must first have a cue that cues the craving, right, that you know that is going to motivate the response from you, right, and then which provides a reward. So those are the four things, cue, craving, response, reward. And this is what happens in our life is we have a cue, right? We, we, we see a commercial for food. Does that happen to anybody else? You, know, you weren't hungry and all of a sudden, cue, whoa, that burger looks amazing. I must have a burger. And then you have a craving. Now, all of a sudden, you want a burger. We got to order burgers. Some ha- well, that's this. Actually, burger's not a good example. Tacos. Anybody else taco lover? Is this church saved? Okay. Just make it sure. There's veggie tacos, too. We can, we can suffice anybody, okay, with tacos. Taco Bell comes on. I know Taco Bell, whatever. But then it makes you crave real tacos, right? You're like, tacos? Oh, we getting tacos tonight? Craving. And then the response is, I'm going to order a taco, right? And the reward is what? Heaven. It's heaven. It's just heaven. You're eating. Heaven comes in. Huh? Hallelujah. Jesus comes in. 
This is how to make a new habit, is when we have a response to the reward of Christ. That's what I want to do today, is have the reward of Christ in your life. If you haven't yet received the reward of his joy, received the reward of his presence, of his power, of those, those moments where Holy Spirit whispers that wisdom and you're like, where did that come from? But I know the answer. Or you're in a conversation with somebody and they're going on and on. You're like, I have no idea how to respond to this. I'm going to have to plug them into a pastor or somebody to like help them with their needs. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit prompts you and you're like, whoa. I mean, if you haven't had that reward of Christ, I get it. I get it why the pursuit isn't there. I get it why you don't want it. But can I just tell you, this is what the word of God promises for every single Christ follower. Every single Christian is that we have the fullness of Christ, that the light comes in and becomes our reward. And so I would encourage you with this. Get the cues, right? The cue is in the morning, your alarm clock goes off. What would happen if it flipped? And all of a sudden, these little cues along your day become something that makes you crave God, right? All of a sudden, the cue is your alarm clock that goes off. All of a sudden, the alarm clock doesn't, doesn't make you go, oh. All of a sudden, it, it brings something in you that says, oh, I got to get up. The response, because I crave Christ. I must have more of him. And then the response brings the reward. I can't tell you how many mornings I'll start off and be like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, whatever happened last night or whatever, I was up way too late. And so, like, I get up in the morning, I'm a little tired, but I know I crave him. I need him. So I force myself out of bed, get down there, read his word. Then afterwards, what is the reward? Oh, man, a day of fullness, a day of full of him, where I am not coming out of a place of just, ah, just trying something or trying to bring something up, but I'm flowing in the things of God. And this is what Christ promises every one of us. Aren't you thankful for that? Hallelujah. In Psalms chapter 34, turn with me. Psalms chapter 34, verse 8, says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. You see, these words are only good to those who have tasted and to those who will taste. Can I tell you, as a, us as a church, we are praying for opportunities, looking for ways that we can bless this neighborhood that we can bless our neighborhoods, that we can reach out to those that need Jesus. And can I tell you, when they come into this space, this is not a place where, you know, if you just keep coming to church and you just keep doing the right things, that it's going to be a full life. No, you must get Jesus. You must get the fullness of Christ. Why? Because when you taste and see how good he is, you're blessed. When you taste and see how good the Father is, when you taste and see how good the reward is of his presence, the reward is of who he is, all of a sudden you know how good he is. You're confident in the presence. You sing these songs with confidence knowing, yes, you are my champion. Yes, you give me the confidence, the authority. I know that I release that power. I know that I release that healing. And you walk in it. You exchange, exchange because you've already tasted. Hallelujah. The 76ers might go to the championship. They might win it. They might win it. They might win it this year. You know that? Ben Simmons, he said this. He said, 
We've traded getting individual numbers for a group, a group goal. He said, no longer are we looking at the individual numbers or the individual stats. Now our number one goal is this, win the championship. It's all about the team. Everything we do on that court is for the win. Nothing is for me. Nothing is for you. Everything is for the goal. And I want to encourage this because I think that's the mindset that we should take on as Christians is that everything is for the king. Everything is for the goal. Everything we do in life is for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Great job. You did everything you could to win. Everything you did to to come out on top, to be confident in the word, be confident. And I believe that that we're going to see victory in this church. How many believe you're going to see victory in your neighborhood? Come on. I believe that God is going to open up doors for you to meet your neighbors. I believe that God is going to open up doors for you at your workspace for you to speak confidently on the word of God and invest life into those dead bones. Jeremiah said, or, or, or God said, uh, God said, can these dead bones live? He said, yeah. He said, you prophesy. See, that's the calling we have. But if our desire is not for him and it's for things, we have the darkest, we can't share the light. But if our desire is for him, if we trade the desires for this world, say, Lord, we want to desire you. You are the king, you are the Lord, you sit enthroned. Then all of a sudden, the light is in us and we proclaim the light freely. We give it away. We release it. I want to close with Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Are you still with me? Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It says this, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Verse nine, check it out. So good. This is for you. This is for me. Anybody who wants to snatch this, this is all you today. Verse number nine. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. That is yours for the taking. And you can leave here with a higher calling on your life. You can leave here with a higher confidence in the word of God. And it's all simplified in one thing, desire for him a desire to make your desires come underneath the authority of Christ and say, God, I just want you and then you give me the desires of your heart. I pursue you. You give me what to pursue. And this is what happens is what we pursue, we can now possess. Are you ready to possess him today? Come on, I want to open up this altar for anyone who's hungry, anyone who wants more of Christ, 
anyone who wants to increase in your desire for God, the Spirit of God is here. I feel it. Great, great, great choice. Woo. The Spirit of God is here, and He wants to move in your life. He wants to increase your desire for Him so that all the things of the world fade away. They don't even look good. They don't even look new. And I encourage anyone who's online right now, make a space. This is what we do at our house. We make a space. Light a candle. Make your living room an altar, okay? Get on your knees right there where you are. Make your bedroom a space. Get down right by your bed. Bow before him. Make that a space where you, you come underneath the authority of Christ. Say, God, I just want you. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.